This is episode 34 of the Coffee Break Podcast. Our guest today is Jerry Kazin. He is the customer care manager for many of the Asa Abloy brands of manufacturing and door hardware specialties. But the really unique thing with Jerry is he's been around customer service for well over 15 years and has got tons of experience with implementing new customer service processes and systems. So really excited to have him on the show today to have a conversation about ways that you can improve your customer service processing and procedures. It's going to be a good conversation. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for today's podcast. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. Alright, welcome back, Jerry. Thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. Um, sure. on a very short notice, by the way. But <laughs> That's um, all right. I, I had posted on um, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter everywhere uh, a couple of weeks ago asking about, hey, does anybody know anyone that's doing an exceptional job in a couple of different areas? I'd love to get in contact with them to yeah. bring them on the, the podcast. And I got a connection or a, a message from your son, Hayden, and uh, he said, hey, my dad would be a really good person to talk to. So I appreciate him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thanked him for that that opportunity. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And uh, he's, he's, he's something else, that boy. Yeah, yeah. Very, <laughs> very cool. Well, um, we do have a recurring segment on the podcast. It's five rapid fire questions randomly selected so you have no idea what's coming great (laughs) (laughs) so here we go uh number one what is your favorite song from your teenage years that you still rock out to when nobody's listening (laughs) hell's bells Hell's Bells. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, hello, ACDC. You want to sing a few bars? Uh, I'm not going to sing any today. <laughs> Maybe on the next visit. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, what is the craziest thing on your bucket list? Probably the parachute. Parachute? Yeah. I would, I would love the opportunity to go up somewhere, you know, 10,000 feet, take a leap, and uh, see what happens when the parachute comes out. Yeah, that would be if, fun. if it comes out. Yeah. yeah. No, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, number three, uh, what sport did you try as a child and fail at? Basketball. That's an easy one. Yeah? Yeah, yeah we were talking about multitasking, you know, dribbling the basketball and walking at the same time is difficult. <laughs> well, that's a, a vital <laughs> fundamental of basketball, yeah. so I can yeah. see how that would be an issue. Did you play any other sports? I did. I played football and I wrestled in high school. Really? And what position in football? Played, uh, believe it or not, offensive line. Really? I was a guard for a couple of years and they had to move me to tackle my senior year. But Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All right. And then uh, let's see here. Number four. If you could switch places with anyone in your family for a day, who would it be? Probably my four-year-old grandson. Really? <laughs> yeah, because life has no stress. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just play this game, get out this toy. You know, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. Somebody else is going to take care of dinner. So you got it made. Yeah, that's that's pretty low stress right there. And then the last question, what's the best prank that you ever played on someone? The best prank? That's, oh boy, that's a, probably a tough one. Hmm. Probably the time I called my wife and told her that I had just totaled her new car. Mm. Yeah. What yes, kind of reaction did we get from this? Uh, this sounds she, like a good one. She is a redhead, uh-huh. and so she demonstrated what redheads do and went off the deep end, and yeah. Hey, but <laughs> you, didn't was actually, you didn't actually... Total. No. Oh, okay. No, I just had the car. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's awesome. Uh, well, cool. Well, you passed it. Rapid fire questions. Uh, you All got a right. score of 743. So wow. Con- okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Jerry, you are your official title, I guess, role is customer care manager for... Right, for for our, our office is DSS Customer Service of Monroe. Okay, Dora, um, DSS, for those that have no context to that, because I know Asa Aboli loves to have acronyms. We love acronyms almost as much as the Army does, to be honest with you. We've got an acronym for everything. <laughs> but yeah, Door Security Solutions okay. um, is actually the sales, the independent sales arm of the Asa Aboli um, um, company, and we support custom, we support them with customer service and order processing. So, so we actually in a, in our little unit here in Monroe, North Carolina, we do order processing, customer service support, and key system design for six different Osobly companies. So it's more than just customer service. It's literally, as it says, customer care. Anything that would be directly related to interacting with the customer. Right. We we actually call it the front end. So when a customer sends an order in, from the time that order comes in, we we handle it from cradle to grave. So we take care of that customer from the time they present the order till they have the product in their hands. And just for context, because I, I think some of the conversation that we're going to get into is going to be, uh, you know, I want to really kind of craft a conversation. And the reason that Hayden said that it would be great for you to come on is that you've recently implemented some new systems with Asa Abele for the customer care. And that's been a your kind of customer service, customer care has been what you've been in for a long period of time. So tell us a little bit your background of how you got into into the field and, and kind of what dro- sure. drove that passion. Sure. Everything else in my life I've done in like three-year cycles. I do something for three years, get bored from the time I was out of college. And, and I got into this uh, crazy hardware business coming out of actually I was in the, insur- in the insurance world. And I had a, a mutual friend who was working at this little plant in this small town in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. And he said, hey, we're looking for somebody to, to learn how to do this. I said, oh, that sounds like fun. And, and I'll tell you what. This industry just is so rapidly changing and so interesting. Yeah. I, I, I've been doing this hardware stuff ever since. And, and, I, and I actually started um, editing orders years ago um, as they would come in because everybody speaks their own language and we would have to take an order that would come from a customer and turn it into the language we needed to put into the system. Yeah. And from that evolved, um, Eventually, I was managing the order processing group, pretty soon the customer service group. And uh, after doing that a number of years, I got the opportunity to go do what I was doing for one company, for six companies. So we relocated down here to Monroe. Um, I took the job as customer service manager. And about two years ago, I had the opportunity then to take over the entire um, facility which has really been fun. And so you've got so much experience with that. And and I think that's one of the things that's difficult to really explain to, and, and maybe it's not, maybe, maybe I've, maybe I've overthought it too much, but in, in our industry, in the security mm-hmm. industry, what you just said is everybody kind of, there's no standard standardized terminology. Everybody right. kind of has their own version of that thingamabob that they, that right. they need oh. and how they ask for it is, completely different right we struggle with it i guess or have been challenged with it from our customer side from the actual end user side into our service Mm -hmm. but i've seen it across the industry even from a service provider they all have their own language as well right uh just kind of how they operate right it's it's interesting because i i I look at it like 
trains and i'm not a train person by any any stretch of the imagination but when you look at model trains you have the ho scale and the n scale and and so you have all these different size tracks and everybody's trying to go to the same place but they may be trying to get there with a different size of track and so when they get to you you've got to find a way to adapt them into Mm. what you have and and when i look at the future when i look at where we want to be or where we would like to be in five years it will be nice to have that stuff just seamlessly transition so that you could do a lot more maybe edi order processing versus a customer who 10 years ago just wrote down freehand what he wanted on a piece of paper and handed it to you right so so as as we work through that we're trying to find ways we're trying to find the right software that will go out and say it doesn't matter what system you're using it doesn't matter um how your orders get pulled together we can take that we can translate that and put that into our language so that we have a seamless integration and along with that comes learning and understanding how that customer speaks sure and if you can understand that a lot of times you have a lot of success helping the customer the phrase easy to do business with making it easy mm-hmm. to do. how do you how is that translated to you how do you guys what are you guys doing on that side of things within a large organization like asa Abloy? Yeah. It, it can be and and especially in some of the some of the lock companies historically have told you how you'll do business with yeah. them right i mean let's <laughs> let's be real that's that's what happens out there so finding a way to, what we try to do is take a look at what we're doing what kind of eye pokes we're giving the customer what we're doing to make it difficult to mm. place an order how we're making it difficult to to find out statuses make changes to orders do things like that because invariably that just happens in you know almost every transaction something changes from the genesis of a a need to the point where you're ready to actually put something into production so what are we doing to make it difficult for you and let's find a way to take that pain away yeah you know it's it's interesting because i think what you're saying and this is one of the things that i like to try to do on this podcast is because our listeners are from a lot of different industries and backgrounds so it trying to keep it as generic as possible i think everything that you just said is very generic a, cu- a customer is requesting something, and typically the the vendor, the people that are receiving the information, have historically said, "No, no, no, you're giving it to us wrong." Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you need to adapt to us rather than us adapt to you. And right. the world has changed so much that you can't operate that way anymore. From any level of customer service, from a manufacturer down to a an end user or service company, is finding ways that's it's relevant to that actual customer. Right, that, that, that's absolutely correct. And and, it, and it's difficult because like like you said earlier, you mentioned a little while ago, everybody speaks their own language and, and you may call it a, a do, doohickey and I may call it a thingamajig and we yeah. have to figure out what that is for you. And, and I think that's the level of service that, that we need to find. And we you, you wanna find it, if you can, a digital solution Sure. Rather than rather than a non digital solution, but otherwise you need a translator in between. But you really need to work on those things. Again, those are things I, I call eye pokes to the yeah. customer. You're you're smacking them right back in the forehead and saying, No, you've got to do it this way. Well, and, and I'll say this just as a side note, kind of get back on track with with this conversation. But I know over the last six months or so, we were having um, some. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word to use because it wasn't an annoyance or a frustration, but we were having some miscommunication mm-hmm. between when we were sending in uh, key system requests yep. to to you right. guys, and, and, our team. and we were kind of going back and forth, and, and ultimately you said, hey, 
can we just sit down and have a conversation and figure out? And at the end of the day, it was we were calling something you know, using a terminology for one thing, and you were got you guys were using a different exactly. terminology. We were both asking for the same thing. We were just using two different pieces right. of terminology. And, and and the thing that that I remind my team all the time is is we all want the same thing. See, you're the customer. You know what you need, and you know when you need it. And so, if we can figure out exactly what it is you need, yeah. then we can help you get it when you need it. And, and a lot of times, that relationship becomes key, you know. And if you can just sit down and and thrash it out, now we know when you order something a specific way, that's what you're asking for. It makes it easier. So, from a a any type of a customer service standpoint, right now, you, you're dealing with customers at whatever level. What are some things that you've learned through through your experience in customer care? Like, how are you getting in front of a customer? You know, I just gave an example, but are, is it very specific like that? Are you are you being? Uh, is there like an intentional way of saying, "Hey, we want to sit down and talk to this number of customers at a regular intervals"? Right. So, so we try to listen to our customers in different ways. Obviously, if something gets escalated to a point where it gets to a manager level, we're, we're going to listen to see. Then we'll go back and we'll actually, you know, do forensics as we like to call it. What what happened? What went wrong? <laughs> Where did the where did the miscommunication occur? Um, we also do a lot of things. We were talking about. We we just recently started down the NPS um, that promoter score survey path to to get some more voice a customer. And you know the two things that that we hear or I heard when I looked at the survey results and I looked at the detail of things is customers today are are looking for two things: speed, speed wins, yeah, right, mm-hmm. right, and quality. Quality builds trust. So what we've tried to do philosophically um, in, in our organization is funnel everything through those two windows. So any kind of a change, any kind of a, uh, a, a new uh, program that we're going to roll out, how does it fit into one of those two windows? Speed wins and quality builds trust. And, mm-hmm. and, and that really helps us frame exactly what we're doing and kind of keep us on track for helping the customers. On that note, uh, you know, around here we talk a lot about core values, and we we kind of keep a, li- a couple of different mantras happening. And you know, as a, as we have over here on the side, always improving. That's something that we talk about all the time. How important have you found it with when you're dealing with these customer service teams to have almost a customer service mission statement or something, a vision statement? Like, is that something that you guys are working on, and so that you can create a level of um, of, of empowerment for people to make those decisions without having to go through lots of red tape. Yeah, yeah. We, you know what? We have a big banner out in the archway to walking into the order processing department says one team, one goal. And, and we talk about it when we get the whole team together. We talk about it when we're dealing with our in staff meetings with our leads and our managers that, you know, what, what is that goal? You know, yeah. we're, we're all, all on the same page. And that one team doesn't just mean the people in our building. It means our customers. It means our factories. It means us. Um, you know, and, and we have that one goal. And, and typically for our customers, it's what do you need when do you need it? And if yeah. you can collectively provide that for them and find ways to do that better, you're going to see improvement. All right, the two great factors. What do you need? When do you need it? Mm-hmm. What? How is the? Because this is something that I think every, every service company deals with. I guess manufacturing the same sure. way. It, at any point, when you're wanting, when a customer is ordering something, and I, I go back to Amazon a lot of times on this because one of the one of the drives to Amazon for me personally is when you go there, you click on a product, and on that product it says when you can have it. You never even have to add it to your cart. 
There's nothing yeah. nothing else you have to do. It tells you exactly when it's going to arrive at your specific destination right. based off of looking at the product. So that's what do you need and when do you need it? Those right. are the two, two questions. Yeah. How, when, what you need and when you need it don't meet what you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. How are, what's the... I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the point of the question. How, what is the the process that you guys go through to say right. we have what you need, but you can't have it in the time you need it, or right. vice versa? Like, how do right. we communicate? Right. That? And and you know what those those are the great opportunities because when that happens, when those two pieces aren't going to meet the way they are, that's your opportunity to build a customer for life. And and that's kind of the way I look at it. Some of our our best customers are the customers that maybe we've really messed something up for for them. Yeah. Because we've helped them resolve that situation or maybe they've really messed something up on the front end before they sent an order in and we've manufactured a whole bunch of stuff that yeah. now we're going to take and put in a dumpster because it's no good. But those are the opportunities if you can successfully help your customer through that situation and help them resolve that situation the best way possible you have a, a friend for life yeah I, I, I love to tell the story one day i coached football for about 12 years kind of a in a tiny little town where we were at i was a varsity football coach was still working at rockwood at the time and and one day i see my wife's ford taurus speeding up the dirt road towards the practice field with the big trail of dust coming out and the door flies open and she's marching out onto my practice field with a piece of paper in, in her hand um she got our AT&T, she got our cellular telephone provider bill for the month. <laughs> and my daughter, who was in high school at the time, uh, had a boyfriend who was deployed mm. and in Iraq. And we said, now don't you call him. <laughs> and she was standing there with like a $2,500 cell phone bill. Wow. And she said, I don't know what we're gonna do. This is gonna kill us. We're gonna turn, you know. Yeah. And we called AT&T, they forgave the bill. We made we we um, we we suspended any international calling. We made arrangements so she could talk to her boyfriend when she needed. They had a customer for life. My wife will yeah. not leave that carrier. It, they could charge me twenty times what everybody else is. It doesn't matter. And the reason that she has that loyalty is because they helped her in a critical time resolve a situation. I just. I, that's what I'm saying is when those two things don't meet, we need to make sure that our team is empowered to mm-hmm. help that customer resolve the situation the best way possible for everybody involved. And that's how you get loyal customers. Very interesting. Okay, so this has been a, a topic that we've we've been going back and forth around here because you have these types of situations and and I, I, I've been struggling with this a lot because we've been trying to put a lot of processes in place because you have to have processes to scale, right? Mm-hmm. So there has to sure. be documented processes so everybody right. knows what to do. At what point do you process actual listening out of the equation, right? So, sure. you know, if if a, a in that scenario that you just gave, if the person in the customer care department at AT&T was not listening, I'm sorry, sir, you know, it, yes, these are your charges. It was right. called on your we'll, phone. We'll help you make arrangements for payment. Yeah, right? yeah. No, you don't understand. Like, this was not supposed to happen. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, sir, this is our process. But somebody actually stepped away from the process and listened right. to what was actually going on to work right. through that. And, and again, it, to me, it goes back to empowering that agent to know the situation, mm-hmm. to know the customer, and to know what we're able to do that goes above and beyond. And and instead of having somebody maybe wait 
five days and have to escalate and, oh, I need to talk to your manager and I need to talk to your manager. If they can just call the person they typically deal with or call that agent at that level and they're empowered to make that decision, yeah. it, it really makes a difference. There is a um, one of our team members here used to work at a call center and he was the supervisor of a certain area and he he's made this comment to me multiple times. He said it was so frustrating because the level of information that they were able to that the that a customer service representative was able to give to the person on the phone mm-hmm. they had everything they needed but every person had this mentality that well that's not good enough for me i need to speak to the supervisor and they always wanted to speak to the supervisor so they would get passed over to him and he would sell them the exact same thing that the other person told them and they would just had this sense of okay well if you said it it's got to be true well, what can change so that that customer service representative, the first line of answering the phone, can give them the information with utmost confidence that they don't need to ask for a supervisor? Right. So, so we 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 pride ourselves in not being a traditional call center. Okay. Um, we actually have our agents broken out into the sales territory, so sections of the United States. And in our business, a little different maybe than um, some more end user type customers where we have the same customers calling over and over again. And our our, uh, reps are able to develop relationships with those customers and with the sales team to support them. And when that happens, then that's when you're able to empower that agent to make those decisions. So they don't need to go gotcha running up up a chain and and, you know typically now for me if if a call's escalated to my point it's because i know that agent has exhausted every resource they have to try and resolve the situation and and they just need some help yeah so customer care it's listening to the customer's needs asking those questions of what do you need and when do you need it and then figuring out can we meet that or negotiating to to somewhere all parties are Right. And and I think what kind of what you just you you alluded to earlier in a very politically correct way is a lot of times in uh, the customer waits to the last minute or things have been oh, absolutely <laughs> have been, absolutely <laughs> have been busted up and, way before it got to you it, and now you have to deal with right. it. Right. And our business this time of the year it comes right down to that early August window when it's time for all the kids to move back into the dorms in the colleges or the the elementary school is going to open soon and and the the contractor forgot to order the exit devices for 21 doors mm-hmm. and he says i'm going to have students here next wednesday and we look at the production schedule and say oh boy yeah so you know it, it takes a little bit of work to help them but again those are the people when you can help them typically you have a customer for life then sure through it so another thing that uh, we had kind of talked about earlier is, um, you know, so you were talking about kind of building systems to be able to gather the information effectively uh, yeah. so that you can meet the customer wherever they are. So if they're depending on how they are placing their order, that you're not forcing mm-hmm. them down a certain path, but you're able to kind of adapt. What are some other things that you've been looking at or maybe some things in the future that you haven't quite yet implemented that would be a, wow, this is a major game changer for us as an organization. All right. So so we just started working with a, a CRM um, that is going to help us. Hopefully our IT support and developers are going to help us pull together probably five or six different six systems that, that our agents use every day to to help our customers. At one point when, when I first got here, we were functioning on four different ERPs in the same building based on the brand um, that, that you were coming from 
What's coming a, from. What is an ERP? So, so basically, the ERP is the system that that you use to um, to enter orders, produce okay. orders, and and uh, I'm not even sure what that acronym means. That's one I got to go home and look up. Oh boy, but but anyway, so so we had basically an order entry system, order entry okay. system, manufacturing system. So man, we had four four different ones of those going on. We and then you get a lot of homegrown things. So so we have a we have a system that that was built just we call it a customer care form system. So when a customer calls in and they need a replacement order, they want to send material back for credits that that kind of thing. That was another system. Then we had another we have another system that communicates with the factories director mm. then we have another system that that we use to communicate back to the customers and so on a on a typical phone call uh, a an agent picks up the call they go into our digital imaging system which is separate to pull up the original pdf of the order that was emailed to us then they open up the erp to see what the order looked like when we put it into the system then they may open up the the our, what we call our comet system that we use to communicate with the factory to see if there were any order changes or any expedite requests then they open up another system to go in and start to take care of the customer's needs and we're saying this is crazy so wow. we, we've developed, or we're in the process of developing a, a CRM, a case management system that will envelop all those things so we have one tool and that agent has one screen right in front of them and it also looks like what the customer sees when they go out on the, on the um, internet onto our web, you know, our web pages yeah. to, to get statuses and things like that. So finding ways to prevent, provide that information in an easy to navigate for your customers, but also bigger on a bigger scale doing that internally because if your own team members can't find the information then right so I mean, that's, that's so wow. it's a, so a typical call coming into into our building lasts about two and a half minutes um and what we're hoping is we can shorten up that um one of the things that i was talking to you about that we're looking at um putting in a new phone system for all of the americas and then we can take Every brand in our company has a different menu system when you dial the 800 number yeah. and they come down through. And we even a year ago went through and we kind of standardized all the numbers. So with every company, when you press one, you get customer service. When you press two, you get accounts payable and so on and so forth. But you still spend two, three minutes going through a menu only to find out, oh, you called the wrong brand. So, so we're trying to put in a system that we can get rid of all that menu stuff. And then maybe we can employ some AI stuff. Yeah. Um, um, that we can ask the customer for an order number and what they need. And, and, and by the time that call routes to the agent, everything that agent needs to help them will be right there on the screen in front of them. Let me ask you this question, because this is something that, that we have had a discussion internally about um, from, from maybe from some of the research that you've done or information that you're aware of. What is the, because in all of our businesses, phone is a central point of communication. People, yeah. because and and my philosophy, I guess, and maybe it's not really any anything a new philosophy, but it's people want to pick up the phone so they can call somebody because that's they know that they have somebody that they can. Once they have that person, they'll get their issue resolved. There you go. Yeah. Is there any information that you guys have been looking at that says if we can provide up to the minute updates electronically? on a web portal it reduces yep. phone calls yep okay 
Yep. <laughs> Self-service is, is something because, because I mean, we're in this information age and everybody has a smartphone and everybody has an app. And, it, you know, and if your app did what it was supposed to, we feel like we could eliminate a significant amount of phone traffic because the customer could get that information very quickly, very easily without even making the phone call. Yeah. Problem right now is is maybe some some of some of the factories, some of our companies, it may be a twenty four hour delay before mm-hmm. they update data. For some, it's an eight hour. Sometimes it's a two hour. We would like everybody to have immediate information, and, and the teams are working on that because we 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 really feel strongly that we could eliminate a. a I'm guessing 25, 30% of our phone calls if that information was readily available and, and very up-to-date and very if, accurate. If it, was, if it was live and reliable right. and all those things, then there's no right. reason to, to call somebody. You don't need it. If, if the information out there, then you post a message, you can get an immediate answer type thing. It's, right. it's more of an interactive chat that reduces your, your phone traffic. Right, right. And we do, just to give you a flavor, we do, we do probably 12,000 phone calls a month and somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 chats. Okay. Through. So, so we do offer the the live chat. Yeah. Um, it it kind of trends up and down. I haven't really gotten a feel for why that is yet, but we we it's it's growing. Well, it's it, I I feel like because we've seen the same thing. We implemented chat on our website a couple of years ago, and um, and it's grown significantly over time. I mean, it's it's probably in a very similar ratio. I mean, we don't have. 12,000 calls a month. So, right. uh, but it's in a very similar ratio to that from yeah. our calls to online chats. But it seems like once it's there and people are on the website, it's a natural, hey, if I can get somebody live, right. like that's really, I just want somebody right. live. I don't, right. I don't, I don't care if it's in person or on chat, but I just don't want to send an email and wait for a response. Right, right. And again, that goes through that, that main window, one of those two main windows, speed wins. Yeah. You know, so if they can mm. get to somebody and, and we're, we're trying to do more with that, make that, that chat link more readily available. We're, we're talking about adding it to a lot of the outbound communications that we have. Um, shipping notifications. We put that chat link right there. So a customer pops open their shipping notification says, Oh, I wonder if they did this. We'll just boom, click the chat button and say, sure. Hey, and, and, you know, again, getting back to that one call resolution, speed wins, taking care of that customer as quickly as you can as well. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. So you're looking at systems that could potentially have some AI, some artificial intelligence to say, Hey, um, what is your, you know, what are you looking for? And can we route you to the correct place faster? Right. So you don't have to go through this crazy menu. Right. Uh, faster, more reliable information at a web portal so that you can easily navigate it. Right. Those are, I mean, those are seemingly natural things that that's what everybody's looking for. Um, right. But I know in some industries, you know, you still have some people that are faxing or. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Whatever. We, we, we do. We still, I, I swear to God, we still have a customer that uses thermal paper fax. <laughs> I know you faxed that to me last month, but I can't read it anymore. And I'm like, really? Is this real? Are you kidding me? This can't be. But um, seriously, we, we, we struggle with push and pull because you can inundate a customer with push information so mm-hmm. so what's best for the customer and it's one of the things you got to get a feel for do they want a shipping notification every time something ships or do they want the ability to go on a website and say for this job give me give yep. me shipping notifications so so mm. we're tr- trying to get a feel for because a lot of times you have good information go out 
and you're flooding somebody's email account sure. with stuff and they're not even going to look at it because you're giving them seven other pieces of stuff a day. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're trying to figure out what the best balance is there too. Yeah, that makes sense. And also the ability to integrate with other systems. So integrate backed into customer systems. So if they can transmit you orders electronically, they can also receive those right. notifications. Right. That would be amazing. Right. So we're, we, you know, we have, of course, we, we do, we do a significant amount of business with Amazon um, as a vendor and uh, a couple other Granger, McMaster car and some of those guys. And, and we do, we do have a, a good EDI path set up so they can trans in, yeah, transmit inbound data and we're able to send ASNs out to them automatically. And yeah. so all that stuff's possible. The, the trick is again, is finding that way to, take their train track and get it to the sure, right size. Yeah. And, and the guy that can help a guy, female, whatever can help us design that, they could be able to make a lot of money because there's a ton of systems out there. Everybody bought a different system. Yeah, and, exactly. And so they all speak a slightly different language, but if we can find a way to order that data right so that it comes in right, boy, there's a lot of power in that. Most definitely. Just as kind of in closing, what is uh, one of the biggest lessons that you've learned or maybe even kind of your personal mantra of how you apply this kind of customer care philosophy in everything you do? What's the what's the kind of big takeaway that you've had over the last, you know, several dozen years and in, in kind of learning this, <laughs> this process better? I, to me, it, it, it again, it, it goes all the way back to relationship. If, if you have the right relationship with that customer and they know that you have their best interest at heart and you're empowered to help them, that, that it always pays dividends and rewards. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you uh, coming to visit with us today and uh, having the conversation with us because I know there's several things uh, from a customer care standpoint that we've been working on internally. And I think this is very timely um, that we get to kind of hear uh, some of this information, things that we can apply in our mm. business um, and kind of learn. And that's one of the things, you know, I, I've told many people this, especially with Asa Abloy, we have had um, such a, a great uh, opportunity to be able to sit at the table with another company that's learning and developing and we get right. to kind of learn some of those lessons right. we call it stealing time. with pride yeah, and you're sharing way. ideas there's nothing wrong with it, it makes us all better yeah so, most definitely great. well again thank you very much for your time uh for those that are listening or watching for the first time uh this is something that we do every single week we have a coffee break podcast every tuesday morning at 9 a.m on facebook and youtube on periscope on twitter uh, and you can subscribe to get the audio version it comes out shortly thereafter on tuesday so make sure you check that out subscribe so you can get the latest episode right now we've got actually we just closed out our first full year of podcast episodes That's awesome. so we've got over 52 episodes um, to be able to That's listen to great. so go check all those out uh, for more information on that you can visit lockdoc.net slash podcast jerry once again thank you for joining us today and we look forward to chatting with you again my pleasure and i appreciate the opportunity all right see you soon To learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit lockdoc.net slash podcast. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. 
The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDock Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C. 